0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. For more information on Priest Chapel Christian Fellowship and how to get connected, follow us on Instagram at CF We hope you enjoy today's message. Let me get into this. Amen. Week three, vision. Amen. How many? Anybody know the series that we're on? Uh, anybody understand? Uh, what series are we on? Anybody with me out there? Vision. Amen. Everybody say it all together. Vision. All right. There you go. Okay. Just making sure we're all on the, the same page. Uh, We took a break last week. Uh, We uh, had a wonderful service with Pastor Raz Taylor, uh, brought a a wonderful word on our identity and who we are in Christ. And so we're going to continue this week on vision. And and I'm just kind of going on the story of Nehemiah in this particular series, uh, just talking about this book a little bit and this story. But let me give you a little recap of what we talked about over uh, the last uh, couple weeks of this series. Uh, first week we talked about right vision begins with a burden. We, we read the story. Nehemiah cried and wept. The scripture says ne- Nehemiah's heart broke for the things that broke God's heart and in the tension of wrestling with what is and what could be uh, God' birthday vision inside him to rebuild the wall, right? And so then we, we got into the segment of where Nehemiah prayed. Nehemiah prayed for an opportunity, right? We talked about that uh, a couple weeks ago. Nehemiah prayed for an opportunity. Nehemiah prayed for favor. Nehemiah, We talked about how Nehemiah planned. We talked about how Nehemiah spent his time praying and planning. And uh, the scripture said in Nehemiah 1.11, it said, O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant's and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. And so he, uh, we talked about we, that scripture there. We talked about how success is remaining faithful to the process God has laid out for you. We talked about a little about how Nehemiah. He was successful the day he embraced the vision God laid on his heart. Why? Because he was faithful to what God had called him to do that particular day. And many visions we talked about die in the time between the what and the how. You remember that part? They die between the what and the how. And how is never a problem with God staying vision focused. Keeps us God focused. Need to be a people of vision People with vision live with a sense of expectancy. They look for God to do something. Did you hear me? People with vision live with a sense of expectancy. They look for God to do something. And so this week, we're going to tackle the area of what I'm calling a a few little things I want to talk about. But the first, first thing is that vision and faith go hand in hand. They go together. Amen? Vision and faith. We heard a lot about faith. Brother Rick came up here, did a wonderful prayer, talking about, you know, all things are possible through Christ and, and how we got to have faith. Well, vision and faith go hand in hand. Look at, what, look at what James chapter 1 verse 3 says in the Good News translation. It reads like this. For you know that when your faith succeeds in facing such trials, the result is the ability to endure. The result is the ability to endure. One one definition of biblical vision is this. A divine expectancy grounded in the faithfulness of God and the knowledge of His revealed will. We know that the Bible tells us this in Hebrews 11.1. To have faith is to be sure of the things we hope for, to be certain of the things we cannot see. In other words, folks, vision is a confident expectancy based on faith in the revealed will of God. In other words, vision and faith go hand in hand. You cannot have vision and not have faith. They have to be together. If God gives you a vision for something, if you got a vision for your job, you got a vision for your business, you got a vision for your family, you got vision for ministry, you got vision for life in general, how me know it's going to take some faith. And we know the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Amen. A lot of people have a, a lot of people have a good talk when it comes to faith. It's easy to say, I got faith, but how many know that faith is an action word? It's a word that requires action. So it's anything, it's it's like it's it's like somebody saying, Well, my faith is uh uh, I, I'm part of the Christian faith, right? You've heard that saying. People say, I'm part of the Christian faith, but then you see that person's lifestyle that is nothing contrary to the Christian faith. How many you know? Because faith, uh, faith takes action. It's a movement. It's doing something. It's, it's, uh, it's action speaks louder than words. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. So, uh, you know, faith, uh, faith is confidence that God is who he says he is and that he will do what he has promised. That's faith. Acting on your faith is the ultimate expression of devotion, admiration, and adoration towards God. And acting on your faith demonstrates that you you believe God is who he says he is, and he will do what he has promised to do. So that's what happens. Nothing nothing brings more honor to God than when a believer acts in faith. When you step out in faith... See, now, now it's getting quiet in here because a lot of times we... You know, we like to play it safe in our life. You ever ever heard the term, take a leap of faith? Amen. Taking a leap of faith requires, amen, I'm going to jump, but I'm not sure, amen, you know, I I don't know what's beneath me, but I know that my Heavenly Father is going to catch me. Right? Taking a leap of faith. Nehemiah, in our story here, his vision looked impossible in every way imaginable. Here he is, he's, we see the story, he had a burden and, and, and he's seen the torn down walls and he's seen everything that has to be rebuilt. And all of a sudden, amen, uh, uh, he, uh, through this burden, he, he he gets this vision that God wants him to rebuild the wall. But I, one thing that I've learned about God-given visions, amen, they're not easy, amen. They, they, they almost look impossible at times. They look difficult, and there's all kinds of circumstances that are going to surround uh, from point A to point B or C or D to getting the job done because uh, it's a God-given vision, and if you do not realize this, we serve a big God, so everything that God is a part of amen is big. It's big. Amen. If God gives you a vision, Amen, it ain't no small times. It's big because God is going to give you something that only God can do. He's going to make sure that He gets all the glory, that nobody else is glorified for this. So when it's complete, He gets all the glory because He's the only way and it's He's the only way that made it possible to, to, to do that vision. Right? So his vision looked impossible in every way imaginable. And, and so we see this. We see examples throughout the Word of God. You read that we read at times where vision and faith go hand in hand. We see Noah's life. Remember the life of Noah? Noah's faith fueled his vision. Amen. God says, Hey, I'm going to take this man, his family. You know what? You're going to build an ark. Amen. There ain't never been no rain. There had never been no storm. There had never been no floods. Amen. But God says, This is what I'm going to do. Amen. And, and, and All of a sudden, Amen. Noah, in order, how many know that Noah, in order to get that ark built, he had to have some vision. He had to be able to see. Amen. It's like he just didn't say, oh, I'm just going to start hammering away and we'll see what happens. No, he had to have some vision. There was some vision. There was some planning. There was some work. But how many know that the vision had to go along with faith? Because he also had to believe that God was who he says he is. He had to believe in the character of God. He had to believe that, man, you know what? God is not a God that can lie. And so if God said it, it's going to happen. And so uh, along with that vision, there had to be faith. It's a tough thing. You believe Jesus can save your family. You believe God can give you a better job. You can believe God can heal your marriage. You can believe God can can, can reach out to your wayward children that have gone astray and bring them back to the house of God. Amen. That's easy talk. But how many know there has to be faith behind that? It takes faith. What do what we do? It's like, I got a vision. I, I, you know, I've heard me. say, I got a vision to see my family in the house of the Lord. That's an amazing vision. And only God can make that happen. But that's where the faith comes in. We see, uh, the scripture tells us in Hebrews eleven seven regarding Noah, it was faith that made Noah hear God's warnings about things in the future that he could not see. He obeyed God and built a built a boat in which he and his family were saved. And as a result, the and as a result the world was condemned. And Noah received from God the righteousness that comes by faith. Abraham is another example. He envisioned a. Homeland where God would multiply his children to the point of international significance. But it was a vision supported by faith. We see in Hebrews 11.8, it was by faith that made Abraham obey when God called him to go out to a country which God had promised to give him. He left his own country without knowing where he was Going, In other words, folks, Abraham, his faith fueled his vision. Without great faith, there would have been no forward progress. So God may be planting something. He plants vision. He gives us vision. He gives us burden. He gives us vision. Amen. Uh, uh, we, we take it to the Lord and all this stuff. But how we know that it's the faith process of all that, amen, that makes all this stuff happen? Because faith and vision go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. Pursuing a vision requires faith. Pursuing a great vision requires great faith. Nehemiah, at this point in the story, his faith is being stretched. Have you ever felt that, that your faith was being stretched? Or your faith was being tested? And you're like, man, it's kind of like, you ever wonder why people that get ready to play sports or work out, amen, they have, there's a process where they stretch, amen, they loosen up all the muscles and they get ready. Well, oftentimes this is what happens. So Nehemiah's in this place, amen, in the scripture where he's getting ready, amen, he is excited about the vision that God has given him. And, and now God says, well, you know, before we get into that, I need to stretch you. I need to stretch you. I need to, I need to stretch your faith because in the process of all this, amen. How many know your faith is going to be tested? Your faith is going to be stretched. Amen. Oftentimes, amen. And what happens during that process? Sometimes people end up giving up on God and giving up on and, and losing faith. Amen. Losing faith and losing sight of the vision that God gave them. Amen. Because they could not handle the stretching process. The scripture says in Nehemiah chapter 2, let's get into this story. Nehemiah chapter 2, beginning with verse 4. The Bible says, The emperor asked, What is it that you want? I prayed to the God of heaven, and then I said to the emperor, If your majesty is pleased with me and is willing to grant my request, let me go to the land of Judah, to the city where my ancestors are buried so that I I can rebuild the city. The emperor with the the empress sitting at his side approved my request. He asked me how long I would be gone and when when I would return, and I told him. Then I asked him, then I asked him to grant me the favor of giving me letters to the governors of west of Euphrates and in province, instructing them to let me travel to Judah. I asked also for a letter to Asaph, keeper of the royal forest, instructing him to supply me with timber for the gates of the fort of the guards, the temple of the city walls, and for the house, was to, and for the house I was to live in. And the emperor gave me all I asked for. Because God was with me. That brings me to what I want to talk about next. Second thing you need to understand for this story, and it's a very serious thing, because I believe this is where a lot of people, amen, uh, face difficulties here, is is Nehemiah never lost sight of his dependence. Often, I've noticed people in life, man, you know, success is is a scary thing. People get successful. They get successful in business they get successful in education, they get successful at their jobs, they get successful at church, they get successful in ministry, and this is a serious thing, because what happens is, oftentimes, amen, God, amen, for all of us, God has done a wonderful thing, amen, how many many remember the time you first got saved, and man, God had to do all kinds of stuff, get you cleaned up, get you off some drugs, get you off some alcohol, get you off some anger issues, uh, get you off some emotional issues, get you off all kinds of stuff that was going in our life. He's fixed some marriages in this place. He's fixed families in this place. He's done all these things. And all of a sudden, amen, uh, sometimes, amen, it's like we get to a place where even as believers and as Christians, we feel like, okay, I've arrived. I'm I'm successful now. I know how to do this. And Nehemiah, at no point did he ever take any credit for how he talked to the king. He never said, well, man, it must have been my good speech that allowed him to do this for me, or, or, or at any moment did he ever uh, uh, you know, take credit for anything that was going on, immediately, amen, he, he was very quick to say, it was because God was with me. It was because God was with me. Folks, when our hopes become realities, it's easy to shift our faith to the thing that we have dreamed of and off the one who was the source of our provision. Right, oftentimes it's like, man, we're, we're we're we get living a dream. We're doing this, and all of a sudden, it's like, well, how'd you get there? How are you doing this, hey, amen? If we're honest today, sometimes, hey, amen. I've seen people walk in, God do tremendous things in their life, and then walk right back out like if God didn't do anything i seen this happen, amen. When things make a turn for the good, things start happening, things that we dreamed of, amen. Uh, and, and, we, and, we, and we forget everything. It's like, man, if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't even be alive. If it wasn't for God, I wouldn't even be here. Amen. God gets the credit of everything. Uh, that's, why, you know, he, that's why he said, the emperor gave me all I asked for. He said, because God was with me. He said, God was with me. The New Living Translation says, and the king granted these requests because the gracious hand of God was on me. Nehemiah was quick to give credit where credit was due. Folks, faith focuses, on, uh, focuses us on our inadequacy and his adequacy. That's, that's what it does. Success, so, sometimes, folks, we're not careful. Amen. It has a way of weaning us off our dependency on God. Right? It's amazing, amen, when finances are good and family is good and house is good and children are good. It's amazing how, amen, uh, uh, all of a sudden, amen, all of a sudden we don't need to pray as much. Don't need to fast as much. Don't need to give as much. Don't need to do as much. You know what? Why? Because everything is now all good. Everything's now all good. And we, and, we, and we come to this place, and we're like, man, I, I've arrived. God God got me to where I am. And, and here's the problem, too, at times. What God gets us out of a pit. He takes us to a certain place. And when we get to a certain place, uh, we, we tend to forget that God has so much more for our life. But we stay in one place, and we feel, I'm all good. And then we live off the statement, well, Pastor, if you would have seen the way I used to be. And we use that term Lightly because we feel like, well, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm content being like this because I was really bad before. But you never get to the place where God is really trying to take you because you, because you stopped being dependent upon who he is. Right? Are you hearing me uh, this morning? The scripture goes on in Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 12 through 13. It says, then I arose in the night and a few men with me, and I told no one what my God had put into my heart to do for Jerusalem. There was no animal with me but the, one on, uh, but, but, the, but the one which I rode. I went out by night by the valley gate to the dragon spring and to the dung gate, and I inspected the walls of Jerusalem that were broken down and its gates that had been destroyed by fire. The next point I want to make here this morning in this story is when it comes to vision, and this is very important, I want you to grab this, and, I, and I'm praying that the Holy Spirit minister however he wants to minister in, in this particular story because there's so many angles that you could go with this. But uh, the point I want to make here on this third one is, is but when it comes to vision, you've got to walk before you talk. You've got to walk before you talk. Nehemiah did some walking before he did the talking. Remember when the the vision came? How many know that that here here's here's where we we get ourselves in trouble. We could learn this from Joseph's life as well, because remember Joseph was a seventeen year old kid when God gave him a dream, and he just couldn't help it, and he had to tell his brothers about everything that God had said. Well, well, here you have Nehemiah, Amen. uh, uh, Something was burning inside of him. God gave something for him, Amen, uh, 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 for for a specific time and for a specific purpose. uh, And Nehemiah, Amen, uh, he was able to keep that inside until the appointed time for it to be released. And oftentimes, we make the terrible mistake, and this is what happens is, we get something burning inside our life, and man, the first thing we do is we want to just shoot it out to somebody. Oh, let me tell you what God told me. Man, he gave me a vision, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do this. And so before the vision even gets started, you got somebody that's hearing this from you, and now they're they're coming against you, and they're they're coming with the questions like how are you going to do that? How that's going to be possible so before you even start completing the vision that God has given you all of a sudden you're discouraged because you open your mouth before you're supposed to open your mouth right people's vision died all the time you just told the wrong person you say man God, God gave it to you he didn't tell you to say it right And so Nehemiah did some walking before he did any talking. And so when God first lays something on your heart for you to do, amen, just, just keep that inside. Keep that inside for the appointed time because God gave it for you. He's birthing something inside of you for a time and a season. And see, nobody is going to be excited about that vision as you are because God didn't give it to them. He gave it to you. So they're not gonna. So you're gonna get discouraged right away. You're like, "Hey, man, aren't you excited for me?" Yeah, man, that's cool, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're not gonna feel the zeal like you feel, right? Remember, uh, uh, you know, I, I remember the, the story and in, in, in the, remember the, the Christmas story with Mary. The Bible says that Mary. Imagine Mary, the mother of Jesus, that angel coming and speaking to her, and imagine you know expect, you know Mary young girl i'm sure she she is amped up man to tell somebody about what she heard and the bible says that she had to ponder everything in her heart imagine if she would have shot the gun before it was time and said oh my gosh let me tell you what an angel told me the bible says she pondered everything in her heart <clears> there's <throat> a time for everything. Look at Luke 14:28. The Bible says, For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. When Nehemiah, uh, if Nehemiah would have jumped the gun... And would have just started telling everybody about the wall that had to be built and how it was and it's going to look like this and it looked like that. Nehemiah would have got himself in all kinds of trouble because after Nehemiah had to go, the Bible says that he went to inspect the wall. He had to go and research it. After he went over there, he realized and said, "Man, wait, everything that I was thinking is a little bit off. I'm going to have to make some adjustments and planning and do some things a little bit different." But if he would have jumped the gun, amen. You know, it would have been hard for him to get people on board because he wouldn't have looked like. He knew what he was doing because everything was different than what he envisioned. The Bible says, I inspected the walls of Jerusalem that were broken down and its gates that had been destroyed by Jerusalem fire. There was a time of that. Remember the story. uh, We hear illustrations uh, when it comes to Moses and Joshua. We see this situation. We're in Numbers 13. The Bible tells a story where Moses sent out these spies to Canaan, and he sent them out to get an idea of what they were up against, and once they crossed uh, the river Jordan, and so uh, when he sends these spies out, you know, we know the story. They come back, and, and they're all, oh, man, you know they're, you know, they're too big, and we're like grasshoppers or whatever, and they, and they start sharing all this stuff. But, but Moses, when he sent the spies out, his purpose for sending them was not to decide if they should move into Canaan, but to discover what to expect when they made their move. So he wasn't telling he wasn't sending them out there to hey come come give us approval we should go or not no because it was already a God-given vision amen he was already going to go no matter what he just wanted to know what they were up against he just wanted to he, he was inspecting the situation out he was making sure hey you know what god already spoke this word we're, we're not asking you whether we should go or not we're just inspecting this thing out that's how it is with vision and planning amen that god gives us The scripture tells us, amen, in Numbers uh, 13, 25 to 28, the story here. At the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land, and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kedush, and they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told them, We came to the land in which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However... The people who dwell in the land are strong and their cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Wow. Okay, so God says, okay, well, you know what? Let's take it on to the next guy. So we have a situation with Joshua. Joshua, just like Moses, he sent spies into the promised land to get a feel for what they would encounter. They discovered the people of Canaan were scared to death of the Israelites. And when the spies returned, uh, this is what this was their report in Joshua 2.24. And they said to Joshua, truly the Lord has given all the land into our hands and also all the inhabitants of the land melt away because of us. So, in other words, folks, once God decides something needs to be done, it's never a matter of if. It's a matter of who. That's how it works. Who. In other words, God gives vision to people. and He says, who will step forward, embrace the vision, and move forward in faith? This is how it all works, amen. Praise the Lord, amen. There's a lot of people that talk a good talk about stuff, amen. But let me tell you something, amen. Vision requires faith linked into it, amen. Amen. Do you have the vision, amen, to fulfill what God has called for your life, amen, and and your part here in the body of Christ, amen. It takes faith. The difference between the two set of spies, it was not what they saw. It was how they interpreted what they saw. So Nehemiah, folks... After examining the walls, Nehemiah knew the time had finally come to let the people of Jerusalem know the purpose of his trip. So up until this point, Nehemiah didn't share anything about the vision that God had given him. It was birthed in a burden. This was his vision that God gave. So it was all, it, there was all kinds of stuff going on leading up to this point. And so uh, he, he goes and he examines the walls and, he, and, and uh, he knew the time had finally come to let people of Jerusalem know the purpose of his trip. Because by that time they're probably thinking like, man, why are we here? What are we doing? Why are we looking at the broken down walls? We've been seeing this for years. Imagine, amen, people, cut. we've been seeing this for years. Uh, uh, We've been looking at this thing for years. It's no big deal. It's the same thing. It looks the same. How many know sometimes, amen, we can be in the same place doing the same stuff all the time, amen, and sometimes it takes somebody with fresh eyes to come along and say, whoa, what's going on here? Because when you're around it all the time, all you do is to see the same walls, same building, same neighborhoods, same city. So Nehemiah said, now is the time. I'm going to vision cast. I'm going to cast the vision. Months have gone by of prayer. Planning, preparation, and he says, I'm going to cast the vision. And Nehemiah chapter 2, 17 through 18 says, Then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in, how Jerusalem lies in ruins, with its gates burned. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem, that we may no longer suffer derision. And I told them of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good, and also of the words that the king had spoken to me, and they said, "Let us rise up and build." So they strengthened their hands for the good work. For the good work, I, I, love, I love, what Nehemiah does here because the first thing that he that he addresses to the people is he says, "Hey man, let me let me tell you about the problem." Nobody likes to hear problems, right? Nobody likes to hear problems. But the first thing that Nehemiah did when addressing a vision. He says, I'm going to explain to you something. There's a problem here. You see, there's, see the trouble we're in? He says, see how Jerusalem lies in ruins with its gates burned? He shares this problem. Nehemiah's, in other words, Nehemiah's words to these people that have seen this broken down wall and city for years, his word was a wake up call. His word was, wake up, man, open your eyes. Things are bad. Things aren't looking good. How can you guys look at this place constantly and not notice the problem? So there's a problem here. We got to fix this problem. In that moment, folks, they were able to see their city through Nehemiah's eyes. And once that happened, they caught the vision. See, that's what it takes is people got to see, amen. Sometimes, folks, when it comes to our cities and when it comes to our church and when it comes to our surrounding neighborhoods and when it comes, amen, we, we're, we're looking with old eyes. We're not seeing straight. We stop, we, you know, we've been around broken people so long that we can't recognize broken people. They're just normal people. They just look at instead, but, but our heart—it it no longer breaks for broken people. Our heart no longer breaks, Amen, uh, for the for for the outcasts, Amen, uh, the drug addict, uh, the alcoholic, uh, the gangbanger, Amen, uh, the 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 guy that's hooked on porn, Amen, uh, Amen, the guy, the businessman that is married to his money, Amen. All walks of life, Amen. We stop the, Amen. we don't see that. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about vision casting. Vision casting will always include an element of waking people out of their apathy. Right? Vision casters rarely bring new information to the table. What they bring is an impassioned concern about an existing problem. They bring fresh eyes. Fresh eyes. Then Nehemiah goes into this and he talks about not only the problem, but he says the solution. He says, come let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer derision. I heard a quote once said this. A vision invites us to imagine the future in a way that demands change in the present. Somebody else said this statement once. He said, a vision necessitates A willingness on the part of the audience to overlook present reality for the time being and imagine what could be. And I love, and I'm going to end this this segment of this series on the last part that is said in the scripture because I want to continue on another message next week that builds off this. Uh, But he says, let us rise up and build so they strengthen their hands for the good work. Let us rise up and build. Now I'm talking to Praise Chapel Christian Fellowship. Let us rise up and build so they strengthen their hands for the good work. In what areas do you need strength? Does God need to strengthen some of your hands? I love that. My heart burns for the church of Jesus Christ, and I'm talking about the global church. God is. Use my ministry well beyond these walls, amen, to minister around the world. And I, and I have a heart for the church in general. But one of the things that I do see about the church these days is that the church, amen, that the church has become a place of what the church can do for me and not what I can do for the church. That's why the big get bigger and the small get smaller. Because people, are, people want pat on the backs, and praise the Lord, don't get me wrong, amen, there's, there, there's room for all of that stuff here. But the reality is, folks, amen, uh, uh, when, when, the, when the Bible says in Proverbs, it says, without vision, the people perish. Let me tell you something, everybody got to have a vision, amen. You got to have a vision for your own life. You got to have a vision for your family, amen. You got to be coincide with a vision of the church and the body that God has put you in, amen. You gotta, you, you, and you got to be rolling with a vision, amen, because without vision, people perish, People perish. As the worship team comes up, we talked about this this morning. Vision takes faith. How many believe that? A few of you. Vision takes faith. Vision takes faith. If if you're talking a big vision, you better have big faith. Right? And you better have faith in the right God, Jesus Christ. Amen. Better Better know who you have faith in. One thing we learn from Nehemiah is despite the success that he got from the king and all the favor that he was able to get, not once did he did he relinquish his dependence upon God. I don't care how long you've been saved in this place, folks. I don't care, you know, you know how many great things you've done through the years, how God has used your life, man. I tell you what, I, I said one of the things I pray every time I get up and speak, I said, Lord, I said, I can't, do, I can't do anything outside of you. We hope you were blessed by this message. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and share with your friends on Instagram. Remember to tag us at Praise Chapel CF. See you next time. Have a great week.